Welcome to Helping Kids Be Kids, the Little Lighthouse Podcast, where our passion is to help parents of kids with special needs be confident caregivers. Our mission is to glorify God by improving the quality of life for children with special needs, their families, and communities. I'm your host, Christina McIndorfer, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, my guest is Mindy Wiggins. She and her family are connected to the Lighthouse because her son, Hudson, is a student there. We are so blessed by their whole family and grateful that she is willing to come and share with us about their special needs adoption story and the unique challenges and victories that they've had with Hudson and his fetal alcohol syndrome. Listen in. I know that you will be blessed, inspired, and encouraged by everything that Mindy has to share today. Mindy, I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. It's been really great to have you and your whole family as part of the Little Lighthouse family since last year when Hudson started coming to school there. It's been our privilege to be a part of the Little Lighthouse. We're very thankful that we are. You guys have really come as leaders. I've seen you jump in and come as a giver, and I've noticed through the years that the the families who have that mentality of like being a real team player in their child's education and coming to fully receive and learn, but also coming to support and give back are always the ones who get the most out of it. And so it's been fun to see that quality in your family. We connected last week where you were sharing with me some of your story, and I thought we have to share that with our podcast family. So would you share with us some of your story and then how Hudson came to be part of your family? Sure. I grew up in a pastor's home in the Oklahoma City area, and I myself was born with some fairly severe lung issues. It was difficult for our doctors to identify exactly what was going on with me. From September through March, most years, I slept in a reclining chair because I was not able to breathe if I laid flat. I had multiple hospital visits trying to figure out how to clear my lungs. And back then, they didn't have all the nebulizers and medications and strategies that they have now. I was I was probably what you would consider a medically fragile child. We just didn't have that word for it <laughs> back then because I'm a little on the older side. <laughs> My parents were very faithful to care for me, and that was always something that stuck in my mind, how the special needs that a child might have and how much they're dependent upon their parents to be compassionate and educate themselves on how to properly care for that child. And when I was 14, I had a really odd weekend. (laughs) I went to a concert, and the singer was talking about adopting children, and I thought, wow, that's cool. And then I got home, and Saturday morning I got a Christian magazine, and the cover story was about a teenage girl that had been adopted. Mm -hmm. And then Sunday I went to church, and the guest speaker was adopted and preached the whole sermon on adoption. And I was like, okay, I get it, God. (laughs) I'm going to be adopting at some point in my story. At the same time all that was going on, my mother was ill from the time I was 11 until I was 16 with no doctors able to give her a diagnosis Mm -hmm. or suggestions or treatment. And so I began to read medical journals. Everyone I could get my hands on, I had friends from school whose parents were in the medical field, they would bring those to me. I read them constantly. And so it wasn't a big surprise when I met my husband, first thing I said on our first date, now I'm into this thing for adoption. So if that scares you, you should know that now. And he said, I have a history of adoption in my family. I've always planned to do that. 
So we were right on the same page from the very beginning. And I said, mm-hmm. medically fragile is where my heart is because no one is willing to go out and do what needs to be done for some of these children that we see in foster care. And I want to be one of those people. And he said, let's do that. So we had been married about six years when we brought in our first foster child, and that's our daughter, Amira. We've had a total of 13 children pass through our home, medically fragile, most of them. And we met Hudson because we said we would no longer adopt. We'd had six failed adoptions. And my mother had just passed away, and there were just so many things in our life. We're no longer going to try to adopt. We're only going to foster. And our agency called and said, we know you're not adopting, but there's this little boy up for adoption. Would you go and meet him anyway? And so we walked into the home where he was staying, and our daughter tends to run everywhere. Uh-huh. And I said, Amira, stand right next to me. And the foster father's eyes got huge, and he walked out of the room. And I thought, it usually takes a little longer for me to offend someone <laughs> than just instant. You know, it's not usually instantly offensive. But he came back, and he said, did you say her name was Amira? And he opened up a book, and there was my daughter's picture. That family had been called to take her. And they just, as they prayed about it, they didn't feel like it was a fit for their family and the right time for them. So they took her picture, they put it in a book and prayed for her for five and a half years. And then in we come to meet this other child who is Hudson, our our now son. And I just think that God was teaching me, your obedience is the answer to someone else's prayer. It's not always about you. They obeyed and did not take her home with them. And now I have a daughter. Mm. Um, And then we obeyed and came to meet Hudson. From the same family. From the same family. So we got in the car and I said to my husband, what do you think? And our daughter said, when is my brother coming home? God had already spoken to her. So we began the process of learning about his care. He had a trach. He had oxygen 24-7. He had a feeding tube 24-7. He was not getting very much by that. It was constant. He had just turned one, but he could not roll over or sit up. He could barely hold his head up. Mm. Later, we found out that the doctors had said he was functioning because of the trauma of fetal alcohol syndrome. The trauma of that to his brain, he was functioning as though he were blind and deaf because his brain did not know that he could see and hear. So he was very delayed just from his brain not understanding he could do more than he was doing. Mm. So we met him um, the week of his birthday in September. He moved in with us in October, and we began the journey of how can we best help him be all that God created him to be. That's an incredible story. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So Hudson was about a year old when you met him? Yes, he had just turned one. We met him two days after his first birthday. Wow. And how old is he now? He's going to be five next Saturday. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Tell us more. What what happened after you brought him into your home? Well, it was, we had had medically fragile children before. Our daughter was born at 25 weeks and had lots of issues going on, lots of tubes and machines. And we had seen miracle after miracle after miracle. She was doing things they said she would never do. So we, as you could understand, thought we would see those same things happen with Hudson because we're absolutely convinced. We tell our children, God brought you here because God has a plan. Mm. And so we were convinced that that was true, but it didn't quite look like it did with our daughter. Hudson's miracles came in the form of learning to do all the things that he couldn't already do with massive amounts of work Mm. on his part and our part. 
I think it was God trying to explain to all of us that I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, but what that looks like and what I'm doing in your life does not look the same in each season. So over here we did miracles, and it was easy, and it was smooth transition, but when Hudson came in, it was the hard work of believing God every day when we got up, Mm -hmm. being consistently faithful to do the things he had brought into our lives to do with Hudson, and teaching Hudson that that's what life is about. Believing God even when you can't see the results, believing that he can make changes even if it's not easy, but you believe that he still can do it. So Hudson has every kind of therapy you can imagine. He has physical therapy, occupational, speech therapy, feeding therapy. He had vision therapy for a while. He has um, very shortened optic nerves, so at best he can see 2040 with glasses, but that's actually very good. He'd be able to drive a car, do many normal things when he's older. Mm And physical therapy, he could not walk for a very long time. He has some hip dysplasia issues. Mm -hmm. And then he's left-handed, and the bones in his left arm are fused such that he cannot completely rotate his hand. So teaching him how to write and function as a left-handed person when his arm doesn't function all the way like you Uh. would expect has been a challenge for him. Speech therapy is the big one that we're focusing on primarily right now. He is easily frustrated because his receptive language is perfect. He understands everything we're saying. He's just not able to have, well, he doesn't have the skills at this point yet to express himself that definitively. So we're working with the LAMP app that we're so thankful for. His favorite right now is typing the word R over and over again so he can sound (laughs) like a pirate. Um, So he's working with that. about how he was making his friend laugh. Oh, yes, Tristan. Yeah. They like to say uh, funny things on the lamp app to one another, and they were just cracking up over again with that pirate thing. <laughs> uh, their teachers are very patient with them <laughs> doing that in class. And then he's also working with feeding therapy. That's a challenge for him. He was not allowed to attempt to eat until about the age of three. So he missed all of those reflexes that Mm -hmm. a child would naturally accumulate. Mm -hmm. And so he's learning now how to move the food around in his mouth. And he's had 17 surgeries, nine of which were in his throat. So a lot of it is fear, which has been challenging to us as well, but that you had an injury and it's now gone and healed, but you have the fear of what that used to feel like. And I feel like every day I wake up and think about how God is teaching me. It's not like that anymore. You have a fear of something Mm -hmm. that has happened in your life. I have fixed that. I've healed you and delivered you from that. So you can't, you have to learn how to react in your new reality. So that's something we're working on with Hudson physically and God is working on with us spiritually, that we don't let fear of what used to be hold us back anymore. Yes. Hudson is a great uh, spiritual teacher in our home. All Mm. the things that he's going through, God uses on a daily basis to teach us. And I'm so proud of you for documenting those. You've published two books already, and you're working on a third. Mm -hmm. I was reading some of those, and just there's there's a profound simplicity to what God has allowed you to see of him through your kids. It's really impacting me. Well, thank you. I just, I think we miss him in the daily things because we're looking for big things that God is doing, which he does certainly do big, big things. But I think he's speaking to us in those quiet moments as well. And I don't want to miss those things because those are the things I want to teach my children. Those are the things that are going to carry them through the difficult times that they are facing now and will face. 
So thank you for that. That's my intention to teach them that. Yes. Yeah. And if you're listening, you can get those books on Amazon. So we'll provide links in the show notes for you. But um, one of the devotional stories that you wrote about had to do with how people interact with you because they can see that your son has fetal alcohol syndrome. How have you worked through that? That's that's been a challenge. A lot of people don't know um, when they meet Hudson that he is adopted. He's blonde and blue-eyed, and so am I. Mm-hmm. So most people tend to think that I am the mother that was drinking too much and that gave him this problem. So they're not very kind. They're not very helpful. They do the bare minimum most of the time when they first meet us. Mm-hmm. So we've begun to work into his story and his introduction to doctors. Um, well, he's had this since we have met him, and that prompts them to say, oh, since you have met him, and then we're able to explain our adoption story. But in the beginning, God just kept speaking to me about extending grace because I may not have done that to Hudson, but I've done plenty of other things that I wouldn't want people to know about, and I can assume that all of us have. The Bible says we are all sinners. We all fall short of God's grace and his glory. So if I can look at them and think they don't understand, but I don't understand where they're coming from either. So I'm going to extend a little grace to them because I have been extended grace. Mm-hmm. But that's been a challenge. And we've, we have consistently tried to find ways to bring up his adoption story, not just so they'll be kinder to both of us, but because we believe God's done miracles in our story and we want the opportunity to share that with people. So in, in the end, it's a great opportunity to say, hey, he's adopted and look what God did. Yes. So I'm thankful now that that happens because it opens the door for us to share God with others. Ah, that's so cool. What would you say to Hudson's parents? if you could speak to them? Well, I would say to his dad, I know you gave up your rights because you understood that Hudson needed more than you could give him, and that is the greatest gift any parent can give a child, is to get them the help and the love and the environment that they need, even if it is without you. That is a marvelous gift. So I'm thankful that his dad chose to do that. His dad was very interested in learning all about how to care for Hudson and when he realized that was just not a possibility for him he compassionately gave someone else the opportunity to do that and I'm very thankful and to his mother I would say there are difficult times for all of us and you have been through some horrible things some that you have done some that have been done to you but God's grace is enough so I would hope that she knows we are praying for her we pray that she comes to know Christ we pray that the Lord upsets her life and changes it all around so that she can know him because he loves her every bit as much as he god loves hudson and and we do too Mm, that's so good what's something that your family has learned while you're at the little lighthouse that has helped you or hudson to thrive well, there's so many things, it's hard to narrow it down. <laughs> well, think in, in terms of someone who's listening, he's not at the lighthouse, what might be a helpful thing you could pass along to them? Well, I think, honestly, the biggest thing we've learned at the Little Lighthouse, which I think God was teaching us, and then he brought us to the Little Lighthouse and showed us what it looked like in real life, mm. but consistency, mm. that Hudson needs to see us get up every morning and be the same people that we were the day before, that he can do whatever he's going to do, whether that's a meltdown or a happy day, and we are the same. And the little lighthouse is like that. Every teacher, every therapist, every staff member, 
If they're having a bad day, we don't know about it because they are the same person to Hudson and to us that they were the day before. And I believe that's scriptural, that God is always the same to us. His love for us never changes. And I think the little lighthouse has taught us how to model that for Hudson, that things may be hard, things may be difficult. You may be having a challenging day in therapy or whatever it might be, but God is the same. We are the same and you can choose to be the same and not let that control your emotions. Mm. That's good. (laughs) That's a good takeaway. I will say, Mindy, one thing that really strikes me about you is your intentionality with your children. You disciple them. You really show them how to understand who God is and what his ways are. And you cast vision for them that they're not always going to be kids. They're going to be adults one day. Could you speak to parents about how you came to have that perspective and maybe something that might help them to have a similar approach to parenting? Sure. I think that early on in my life, I wanted some things and they were easy to come by. And then when I became an adult and things started to get more difficult to achieve things or attain certain things, that God was speaking to me, things do not happen by accident. You can arrive at the place where God wants you to be, but it doesn't matter if you're not the person that he wants you to be when you get there. Mm. So you're going to have to be preparing, always preparing for the next thing that he might have for you. Um, My dad is kind of famous for saying, don't go to sleep without gas in your car because you don't know who's going to call in the middle of the night and need you. You have to be full up ready for the next thing that God brings to you. And so that's something we're trying to teach them. And I think the big thing for us in trying to do that is reminding them of all that God has done previously. We have, I think I shared with you, a scripture wall in our home of, I think, 40 uh, scriptures framed hanging on the wall saying when we were looking to adopt the first time there was a scripture Isaiah 40 and then when we were going through difficult health challenges with both of our children Psalms 103 and so our children walk up and will say what is that one and we remind them well this was happening in our lives and God brought this scripture and so we believed that he was going to do what he said he would do and then he did he accomplished a miracle with you but just that rehearsing always that God has always had a plan you can see it in our past and he continues to have a plan today it may seem miserable to do that physical therapy exercise or that feeding exercise but God is using today for your future so reminding them that he's always had that plan and it continues on today and we have an answered prayer box on the wall we pray with our children when they have a request they write it on a heart and then when God answers that prayer we put it in like a little piggy bank <laughs> because i think it's so important to remind everyone of what he has done because it can be difficult in the midst of trials yeah. to remember all the things he's done in the past so i think we teach them that god is intentional and so that is what his intention for us is that we are also intentional I don't know if that answers your question, but that's perfect. Okay. And it's so, um, <laughs> so applicable. Deuteronomy talks about, yes. you know, talk to, talk to your kids about God all the time. And that makes it like really tangible and easy to relate to. The little lighthouse is so good about that. It says, write it on the tablets and you guys teach them to write, tell them about it as you walk. You're talking about it as you walk them through the hall. I see that the little lighthouse in that Deuteronomy six passage every day. What you all do is amazing. That's neat. Well, I would say we're so thankful that we get to do it. (laughs) So um, my final question for you today is, uh, Mindy, what does it mean for you to help Hudson be Hudson? The very first thing we said when we adopted Hudson uh, because of his fetal alcohol syndrome is, 
we've got to give up. That's the very first thing we have to do. We have to give up. We have expectations of what a child should look like, what they should act like, how they should be. And we've got to give that up. Mm -hmm. We've got to say, this is the child God has set before us. And we're going to look at him. And we're not going to have a parenting strategy going in that we're going to force upon him to be a certain way or to grow at a certain speed or achieve milestones. We are just going to be there to help him be the best thing, best Hudson he can be, who God made him to be. And we're going to drop all the expectations. And I think he has done a lot better since we have decided to do that. He understands that we're not trying to turn him into someone Mm -hmm. he was never made to be. Mm -hmm. You know, the Apostle Paul was zealous before he met Christ, and he was zealous after he met Christ because God made him to be a zealous person. So that's what we see in Hudson. You were made, and our job is just to help you get the resources and the opportunities that you need to be all that you can be. So I, I think... I would say giving up was the best thing we ever did. Just letting him be who he was made to be. Mm. That is speaking to my heart. And I know it's speaking to the hearts of our listeners. Thank you so much for coming and sharing so openly about your own personal journey and your process in learning to help Hudson be Hudson. It was my pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. If you have any questions, stories, or want to discuss a certain topic, email us at helpingkidspodcast at littlelighthouse.org. We love being able to make this a conversation and help answer the questions that you have. If you're new to the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. You can find us at littlelighthouse.org and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. At The Little Lighthouse, we gladly give away our services and resources for free. We can do this because of the generosity of people who believe in the value of all kids. If this podcast helped you, consider joining The Crew, a passionate and determined group of monthly givers on mission to discover solutions that change the future of kids with special needs. Until next time, enjoy helping your kids be kids.